just the one with Barry and Chad. <laughs> Barry is busy harmonizing to our jingle because he has been on a Zoom vocal kind of exercise with a bunch of people all creating a little Zoom cover or something like that. So Barry, you've got your vocal cords fully warmed up and the harmonies are in full steam. Sounding good, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm in a very singing mood after that one-hour Zoom phone call. I feel sorry for my neighbors because I've been wailing and shrieking at the top <laughs> of my lungs trying to reach some of the notes. Yep. But it was a lot of fun. And uh, I very, I feel very out of my depth in this group chat. A lot of them are like professional musical theater people. They are actors in big shows and whatnot. Okay, and cool. I'm just this lowly little fanatic who's kind of snuck in the corner <laughs> and is going to try and do his best to not embarrass himself. Those are the best kind of groups. I was just saying to you, I also turned on some music. I was actually listening to some South African tunes, um, a group by the name of Mikasa. I don't know if you're a fan, heard of? Or... Of course, of course. They went to Wits, man. They're Witsies. Did they? I didn't know that, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm a massive fan still. And today, I was, I, that was basically my soundtrack for the whole day, was going back through their catalogue and reminding myself of the African in me. Um, and yeah, I mean, just <laughs> something about Jay Something and his vocals and uh, just bursting them out. Again, also feel sorry for my neighbors too. But there's something <laughs> special about just singing, Barry, and being able to kind of uh, ease off all the rest of the tensions uh, that accumulate day to day. It really is, Chad. I'll be honest, I had a, quite a stressful day and I was feeling a bit kind of tight and a bit all over the place mm. and a little bit of singing and I feel like a different person. And so I wish I could remember that when I'm in those ruts because it's such an important piece, especially for us like musicians, people love singing, even if you don't, that ability to jump in the shower and sing your heart out to whatever tickles your fancy, yeah. it really does get the mood up and kind of releases the tension, like you say. Uh, it's, it's a superpower. It really yeah. is a superpower. It really is. Um, And I mean, just because of our goals, and I guess we spoke about this, and I said one of mine this year was to start singing a whole lot more. Um, Mm -hmm. I've actually signed up for my first vocal lesson. And I mean, I've I've kind of done sort of lessons in the past um, with like major production, which is, I guess, the theater part of high school, Um, but nothing more formal. So this is my first kind of formal vocal lesson that I have this week uh, on Thursday and Barry it is with a lady by the name of Lucy Jones who was the lead actress on the West End musical of Waitress which I know we've spoken about the score but about two so I'm super excited a little bit nervous very nervous um, (laughs) because I've got to basically prepare two songs to sing in front of her on Thursday Um, but yeah looking forward to it definitely that's so super cool man like I I was saying to you offline I'm very jealous I'm dying to know how it's gonna go and of course it's over zoom right it's this new post-covid world and so I don't know how you do a singing lesson over zoom (laughs) we certainly found like some of the timing is a bit difficult because if you've got internet connections a bit shaky things get a bit tough Uh, so I'm excited to hear what it's all about Um, I think that you're gonna do great and I think that Lucy is incredible I mean if hearing some of her stuff she's she's world class and so you really are getting coached by the best of the best which is super exciting yeah definitely i mean that is one small little positive that you can draw from uh, the situation of lockdowns and theaters not having you know not being open at the moment and obviously it's mm. devastating for all of these performers uh, but for a guy like me uh, who is ultimately no one in the performing world uh, to be able to have access to uh, somebody as amazing as lucy jones to get coached one-on-one I think it certainly is a, a wonderful opportunity that uh, this kind of current climate has presented. Definitely. The, the power of the internet is just insane. If you were to think about what are the chances of you being able to have any one-on-one time with someone like this, right? Yeah. The chances are absolutely minute. But the internet opens up these communication channels, opens up these opportunities. And like you say, everyone is sitting at home. Everyone's not really able to move around. And so you can grab this opportunity by the horns and really like make a connection with someone you never would have had a chance to speak to or be coached by in, in the past. So yeah, it definitely is a silver lining. And yeah. if you look at it that way... Um, um, go and go and make the most out of every second you have with her. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. We'll see how that goes, and I'm sure we'll have a little chat about it afterwards. Um, but talking about communication platforms, Barry, and what you said in terms of having access to uh, certain people. Last week we had a little segment on two guys uh, who formed this thing called Ultra Speaking, and we we kind of spoke quite extensively about our key takeaways uh, from the kind of demos we saw, and we actually have heard a little bit from them 
on the back of that clip. We did, we did. So we chatted about them in the in the podcast. We talked about how we were looking to improve our public speaking and were quite taken quite taken by their their software and their games yep. and all these things they had built to try and help people improve things. And they actually reached out to us. So I got an email this morning from Tristan who very graciously, very kindly gave us access to their platform for free yeah. for us to try it out. And so Chad, we've got a month of, of cool public speaking training ahead Amazing. of us. And we thought maybe we should go through it and then report back to the across the pond listeners and give you a sense as to how it went and maybe you'll be able to see a difference who knows maybe we come <laughs> back after the month and we're a brand new podcast Chad. <laughs> definitely i'm so excited for this barry sent me this uh screenshot of the essentially the message that we got this morning and you're so right how exciting to be able to have access to this and be able to actually improve our public speaking not just by the key takeaways that we've already taken from it which alone have I can see already improved my speaking quite a bit, but to actually have access to the interactive platform with all of these actual challenges and the fact that we get to go through this journey together, Barry, and, uh, you know, kind of post-mortem on it on the show afterwards, uh, it's only a matter of time before we do our Matt Diavella's 30 days of this video, uh, kind of <laughs> reviewing what our thoughts were. Chad, that was going to be my next point. I was thinking, should we maybe film this journey? Should we should we try and give a bit of the behind the scenes to the to the across the pond audience? And we'll have to think about that um, because it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting journey. That is for sure. Uh, watching Ali go through some of these tests, they are no joke. They are yep. some serious, serious, difficult things. And uh, watching them is very different to doing them yourself. And so we'll have to give that some thoughts. But we definitely will report back to you guys and give you an honest review of their of their platform. But we're very grateful to them for giving us the chance to check it out and uh, we're looking forward to going and seeing what it's all about yeah absolutely and i guess there's the whole point of actually having the discipline to go in and do the exercises because it's all very well to have a subscription i mean i still haven't opened up my piano simply piano subscription that i spoke <laughs> about however many weeks ago and that's just I i'm feeling so guilty about that but yeah it's a matter of i guess us actually having the discipline to go through do the exercises and reap the rewards from it which i think we should do uh, like you say mm. with uh, with open arms barry shall we go in and have a look at what happened in our past week and uh, you know just discuss it let's jump in chad the week that was the week that was not that much to talk about this past week i mean there is certainly some things to chat about but uh, i wanted to kick it off barry uh, by something that is actually surprisingly historic i know you think of london and you think about the temperatures and i guess you you imagine that there is snow fairly often here uh, but the reality is that is not true. Uh, there is snow up in the north very often, um, but London doesn't always get that snow. And the last time it snowed since I've been here is when I actually first moved here. We had what is called Beast from the East, and it was actually quite a few <laughs> days of snow, and it, it caused a lot of chaos. Um, but that was, like I say, nearly three years ago, uh, very close to three years ago, in fact. And we actually had a snow day yesterday, Woke up, uh, it was on the forecast, it's been on the forecast for a little while, but it just hasn't been materializing. Woke up and looked out our windows and it was happening. We had full-on proper snow, enough to, you know, gather up and get some incredible photos. And it was just one of those moments where you have to go outside and you have to be with the snow. Um, and, you know, it was wonderful, had so much fun in the snow. And then after a little while, it just becomes fairly cold and the snow becomes <laughs> sludgy and you start slipping and sliding because then it just becomes this like, you know, thick ice kind of thing. Um, but yeah, amazing, absolutely amazing to have had snow in London. I bet you've seen a couple of pics on your side as well. I have, Chad. All of my London friends have made it very clear that it's been snowing. <laughs> and it's one of those things I've been living vicariously through the Instagram stories and all that good stuff. And that was, I was going to ask you that. It's like, what kind of activities? Because yeah. I know I've never really seen snow, to be honest, my whole life. And okay. so I have like a list of things that I'd want to do. I'd want to do all the cliche things in the snow. And so I wanted to find out which of these activities did you get up to other than the photos? Yeah, I'm going to disappoint you, Barry. I didn't do many, <gasps> if I'm honest. I, I really didn't. So I went about and my main aim was to get some photos. Um, so that that was my primary aim. I mean, no I was still snowmen, half No snow angels, no sledding, no, no snowball fights. None of the above, unfortunately. I mean, Chad. I did see many a snowman that was already made 
grenade and, uh, <laughs> you know, snapped away. But I mean, I didn't have any gloves. I didn't have any proper gloves to actually pick up the snow myself and uh, <laughs> put a snowman together. But no, I haven't done that. Uh, we didn't do a snow fight. We didn't have a sled or actually where I stay, there isn't really any um, kind of slopes that you could take a sled down. Uh, but I saw a lot of my friends did all of the above, Barry. And I think just through that, I've, I've kind of fulfilled that need uh, this time around. I mean, I'm certainly happy with, with all the shots I got and that kind of thing. Uh, so you've never seen snow ever before? Never in my, well, I've seen it on TV, of course, but never yeah. in real yeah. life, never like held it in my hand. Um, I've never actually been in a cold country during their winter period. Okay. All of my travels, they just happen to be in sort of springs or summers or whatever. I've never been in a winter in Europe or, or in the US or anything like that. So it's something that's on the bucket list. I desperately want to do it at some stage, um, but we'll have to wait and see as to when that's going to be, Chad. But if, as you said, London's not a normal place for snow, so yeah. it's a bit surprising. You'd want to go and try and go somewhere where there's, regular snow so that you got guaranteed that opportunity <laughs> yeah definitely and i actually on my little story put up a put up a bit of a joke because it was the 24th of january yesterday uh i mean pretty much one month away from christmas where you know had it happened a month ago we would have had a white christmas and it would have been amazing uh, yes. but hey better one month late than never right Without a doubt, Chad, I think that Christmas with all the snow would have made it that much more special and just added that extra kind of cherry on top to what is a normal holiday. But as you say, rather get it than not and have that yeah, experience. Sure. And I'm dying to see those photos. I really can't wait to see those photos. Well, when they're out, I'll certainly give you a shout. But as we know, photos sit on my memory card for far too long <laughs> uh, until I actually sit down. No, and- <laughs> Chad, we need, to, we need to get them out to the world. We need to share them with everybody. We, we, we can't let you keep all the goodness to yourself, Chad Sterling. Yeah, Barry's really been giving me quite a lot of shit lately because I'll put out a whole bunch of photos on my stories. I don't know why, Barry. There's just something about putting it up on a story and seeing it all together in like one piece in the, in the full screen, you get the full glory that I, I, some reason, for some reason, don't go and commit it to a post thereafter. And, uh, I know you've been giving me such a hard time uh, about this, but I need to, I really need to do it. I need to just sit down, get through all my photos, put them up in planned posts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but very, very, you'll be very pleased to hear Barry that I did record two YouTube videos yesterday. Uh, which which I'm going to be working on in the next week. That's so exciting. And we were chatting about it, saying that you batch them together. Yep. So two in one go, hopefully like not duplicating the efforts. And I'm really excited to go and see it. I always, I love those WhatsApp messages from Chad, where he shows me a quick behind the scenes peek at what he's making. <laughs> and then I have to sit there and wait like the rest of us, waiting for his new video to pop out. So I'm very excited for that. If you haven't subscribed to Chad's YouTube channel, by the way, across the pond listeners, you have to go and watch and you have to go and subscribe Thank because you. he's making some really cool stuff. And, if you if you if you love across the pond, you'll love Chad's YouTube channel. So please go and subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you very much. I, I do appreciate that, Barry. Thank you. I mean, I do have to. I do have to because you did ask me to make you accountable, and your goal was to produce fifty-two <laughs> YouTube videos this year. So we're, no, no, no. we're not ne- fifty-two. No? Not I'm fifty-two. Let's not get crazy here. Twenty-one. Twenty-one, 21. videos in twenty twenty-one. Okay. Yeah. Twenty-one <laughs> videos this year. We are now twenty-five days into the year. How's it going? <laughs> Chad, 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 Chad. There's nothing that's happened on the YouTube <laughs> front, unfortunately. Absolutely zip. I have been throwing everything I have into this business that I'm building, and cool. unfortunately, I just haven't had no extra time. So I'm not actually that upset with it. I think yeah. that I, I think I still can catch up later in the year. But I'm in this period of my business where everything is full steam ahead. I've got no systems in place yet. I've got no processes. I'm still trying to build structures, mm. and luckily the sales have keep coming in. And so I've been a bit inundated with stuff at the moment so it is on the back of my mind there are some ideas there's 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 a cover that i have recorded the audio for that i need to do the video for so that that's in the works um but unfortunately chad not just yet (laughs) well maybe there is something in this batching idea barry maybe after our across the pond Mm. episode you should have like a script ready and you go into your video and just just get it done just get it done after the episode i mean if it's something you want to do, it's a good time to slot it in. That's actually a really good idea because it takes a while to set up. I mean, for you yeah. watching this right now, you don't realize the setup behind the scenes, <laughs> yeah. but it takes a while to set everything up, the lighting and the sound and all this stuff. So it actually makes a lot of sense. The only problem, Chad, is that when we finish recording, it's like way past my bedtime. So I'm okay. going to have to drink some yeah. coffee and keep going and, and do some videos. But that's, a, that's a not a bad idea at all. So maybe yeah. I should do that next week. 
as you're listening to this, it is currently 10 p.m. for Barry. So um, I, I do appreciate the level of energy and enthusiasm there, Barry. I don't know where you're getting it from, but clearly uh, the man got it all this morning. So let's talk <laughs> about your week, Barry. And you had a bit of a weekend away, a bit of a reset and refresh. Indeed. I escaped to the bush. I escaped nice. to the African bush, which is one of the best things in the world here in Africa to do. And with a, with a few friends, we went to Zabula Lodge, which is kind of cool. just north of Pretoria. It's about two and a half hours away from Joburg. A very, very chill weekend. We got a lodge, there, like a little house there. We played some tennis. We played some golf. The girls went to the spa. We lay in the nice. pool. We suntan. We read our books. It was a very, very nice, relaxing weekend. And getting away from Joburg, mm. watching the stars, the silence, the, the animals, it really is a special experience. So I feel very refreshed. I was feeling a little bit tired beforehand. Yeah. Luckily, being able to, to go and get a, a nice reset is really, really good for the soul. And so I'm feeling much more more renewed and refreshed. And even though I worked very hard today, you can see the energy's still here. I'm yeah. back at it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, hundred percent. And I guess this is the, the, a point that I found quite interesting in the in the book that we spoke about a little while back. Um, is that a lot of the time when you think about um, essentially how you fill up your free time, some people feel like after a long day of work, doing something. Uh, that like this, like recording a podcast or like singing or like doing a video or whatever the case is, is actually going to drain your energy. And it's actually the very opposite. You end up walking away from these experiences feeling, you know, renewed. I mean, obviously, a, uh, a weekend away is something very different. Uh, but I think it is something that we could just briefly chat about is the idea of spending, filling your free time uh, with uh, kind of engaging tasks that, yes, do take up energy. Uh, but strangely enough, and it is quite ironic, they don't leave you feeling uh, drained afterwards. It's such a good point. I've had so many conversations with friends who don't understand why I have so many side projects. Like it's a running joke with my friends that Barry's always got a thousand different projects on yep. the go. And they often wonder like, aren't you exhausted? And the, and the real answer is like you say, this stuff actually energizes me. Yep. It actually rejuvenates things because it works on different parts of your brain. It unlocks different parts of your creativity. Definitely. It's a very different thing sitting on a spreadsheet for eight hours a day and then jumping into a podcast recording. And all of a sudden it feels like a completely new person, right? And so those tasks are, they are more than side projects they really are energy like providers it's exactly the same about going to the gym or going for a run you often feel like oh i'm tired i don't want to go for a run i don't want to go to the gym because i'm be even more tired yep. but the reality is that that dopamine release and those endorphins will actually give you energy and you have to kind of fight past that counterintuitive um, expectation and, and just do it anyway because it just makes you feel so much better, at least in yeah. my perspective. Yeah, it's so true. I, I completely agree and I feel exactly the same way. I actually came across a quote today that I think also talks really well to this. And I know we were talking about Netflix a while back, Barry, and uh, The Crown. So obviously, Margaret Thatcher, top of mind there. But it's a quote from her and I know she's, she's not the most popular character around the world. <laughs> um, but I still think it's a good quote and I still think you can take... Take a lot from it. Uh, there's something about quotes that really can, uh, I guess, set the tone of your day. And, uh, you know, motivational quotes, as cliched as they are, I find quite useful. So the quote, Barry, is look at a day when you are supremely satisfied at the end. It's not a day when you lounge around doing nothing. It's a day you've had everything to do and you've done it. And that, I guess, talks really well to what it is we've just mentioned. Definitely. I think it's such a cool way to think about it because we've all had those days where we kind of procrastinate on everything. We, we lie on the couch, we watch way too much TV, we kind of do nothing. And we get to the end of the night and we're not tired. We don't really want to go to bed. And so we end up kind of faffing around unnecessarily versus those days where we pack it full of good stuff. We go and get our exercise in, we get some social interaction, we work hard and we basically like fall into the bed and fall asleep straight away. Like those are the cool days. Those are the days that really make a difference. And that comes from filling your days with, with good stuff. And I think there's a fine line, of course, between yep. like burnouts and actually like sure. like taking advantage of that free time. But I think for someone like me specifically, my personality, I'm much happier when I'm busy like that. It's just much more my kind of cup of tea. And so maybe sometimes for a lot of us in lockdown, it's hard to kind of find side projects. It's hard to find things to yeah. do. But the internet is opening up so many new opportunities. Find a community that you really like. Find some online events. Find some singing lessons. Find something to give you a different perspective in your day. And it really will transform your work from home experience. 
So many of us are sitting in the same chair at the same desk yep. for hours and hours Definitely. and hours on Zoom calls until our ears bleed. Um, try and find a way to break that day up if you can, whether it's with some exercise or with some sort of side project or some sort of creative thing. Uh, it really does make a world of difference. And especially for me, it's, it's made my life a lot better. It does. And as you say, there are so many options. I know we've kind of all got this uh, lockdown fatigue at this point. I mean, I know, Barry, you guys are are kind of faking your way through lockdown. There's still so much (laughs) you can do. Um, You know, the the rest of us who are in an actual proper lockdown uh, with no end in sight really have lockdown fatigue. And I'm, you know, certainly starting to feel it. And so it is really easy to kind of just become negative about it and hate sitting in this chair the whole damn day Um, but I do you know I see friends doing all sorts of cool stuff making the effort to sign up for things uh, taking advantage of all of the little suppliers that are around here there's so many little bakeries and cool restaurants and loads of cool little novelties that you normally maybe wouldn't have had a chance to take advantage of so just it's, it's a matter of just actually making the effort just doing that exploration and finding something that's new um, and you might really really like it so yeah good uh, good point there Barry that's something pretty important so we are in the week that was I guess uh, we've spoken about our week that were and we kind of went into a bit of a tangent but that's fine we like tangents <laughs> in across the pond we're not going to judge them at all um, I wanted to speak about probably the most important thing that happened this past week, Barry, and that is the inauguration of Biden. And I wanted to specifically speak about a poem, which I'm pretty sure you are teed up and ready to chat me through. Um, and that is one by a lady by the name of Amanda Gorman. Um, I watched the whole poem. I think it was about five minutes long. Um, you know, beautiful kind of tempo and super articulate uh, delivery of the poem. Uh, But just in terms of the way that it kind of closes out, the core message, all of that kind of stuff, how was your experience? I mean, being someone who is so into literature and I guess performance, uh, the arts, uh, what was your take on this delivery? I think think people underestimate how unique it was right because poetry and spoken word is not something that's mainstream it's very much kind of kept in the the dark corners of comedy clubs and poetry slams and online and whatnot it doesn't really come into mainstream culture and it doesn't have the sort of following that it really deserves if you think about it so much of our lives surround music like music is a huge huge deal in in modern life and music is poetry as well but for some reason it has a much higher status than just poetry itself and so I think it's a big, big deal that at one of the biggest kind of moments in, in U.S. history, at this crazy, crazy, very volatile time, they had this 21 or 22-year-old poet. She's very young. I'm not sure the exact yeah. age. But she's this young, young poet who's kind of making a name for herself to come up and say those words. If you listen to those words and you go through it um, line by line, there's so much depth and re- cultural references and literature references in all of those lines that really do tickle the fancy of people who really love this stuff. So I found it really, really cool. It's my favorite part of the inauguration by far. Yeah. And I think it, it, it speaks to what the power of words can actually do. That a 21-year-old or 22-year-old can get up in the middle of a chaotic time in the U.S. and say something that really does take the world by storm. I mean, she got a huge amounts of acclaim all around the world for what she said and kind of the message she shared. And I, for one, am glad to see that getting to such a main stage. And I wonder how many people, how many young girls, how many people have been inspired to write and speak and raise their voices in the way that she did because of her example. And we need more people like that because poetry and spoken word can be so, so powerful when done correctly and when given the kind of respect that it deserves. What did you think, Chad? Yeah, I, I found it was, was pretty moving, to be honest. I mean, I think I think what you say in going through the words in writing and actually kind of studying the lines is probably something I need to do because I just, I just watched it once. And so if you don't follow it very closely, you can get lost very quickly, especially if you're not into poetry um, as, as a medium, just in terms of the actual core message or the substance of uh, what that poem represents. But just in terms of the delivery... Um, I certainly, certainly loved the the change in tempo and coming towards the end. I think it's really hard for anyone to have not been on the edge of their seats, listening to every single word and seeing where she was going to go with this and seeing where she was going to end the poem. And for me, 
I certainly can understand why people are so keen on poetry as an art form, having watched that delivery. So I highly recommend anyone goes to to check it out. If you're not a fan of watching the full inauguration and you missed it uh, because of that, that's fine, fully forgiven, I'm the same. Uh, but I think this was certainly one of the noteworthy parts of the inauguration and i definitely recommend you take five minutes out of your day uh, to go and watch amanda gorman uh, and this wonderful delivery of uh, what seems to be a pretty profound and deep poem at its core i also want to touch on one of the things you mentioned there chad is about the rhythm and about the Mm. rhythmic nature and like you say the tempo i think if you listen to anyone talk about poetry that is one of the most important pieces i don't know if you ever did shakespeare at school chad and they talked about the iambic pentameter and all these like (laughs) weird syllable rhythms and all this stuff like poetry is a lot of that so even if you don't read into the messaging even if you don't follow the references or the cultural kind of tips of the hats and all that that sort of stuff. Poetry is supposed to be rhythmic. It's supposed to create emotion through the the rhythm of the words. And that's what really, really good performers and kind of presenters can do. So there's there's almost two types of poets. There's poets that are very, very good on the page and their words are absolutely incredible and they are moving and emotional and whatnot. And then there's spoken word poets who – the words are important, but it's more so the delivery and the performance of those words and how they're yep. able to kind of grab your emotions and pull it in certain ways. And like you say, pull you to the edge of your seat and push you back and, <laughs> and all of these wonderful things. And there's such talent in that respect. It's something that I've always wanted to do myself. I've always wanted to take some of the stuff that I've written and try and make it more performance orientated and see if I can accomplish that sort of that sort of effect. Because I've felt it myself listening to other people speak and it really is really special and so regardless of whether you catch all the cultural references or whether you even understand the messaging the pure rhythm itself of the words and the performance can take you to another world and move you almost as much as the actual message itself definitely definitely and that was my experience as i said not having actually studied uh, the words in their written format which i think will be worthwhile to do um, just to make sure i didn't miss any of the references or any of those kinds of things so we obviously talking about the inauguration. Uh, what else happened? Well, we've actually seen Trump willingly leave the White House. Um, <laughs> but before he did that, Barry, he pardoned 143 people in his <laughs> final hours. And when I saw this, I thought it was I thought it was crazy. I mean, we've got someone who was in the campaign who had been accused of fraud, and uh, when it all happened, he very very clearly distanced himself from this man. But in his final hours, um, you, you kind of do get to see the real true colors of uh, what it was the ex president. Don't you think it's a strange law? Why yep. is the president able to just kind of click his fingers and then pardon anyone he wants? It seems like a, like a get-out-of-jail-free card in Monopoly. It just doesn't make sense to me. And the fact that he can do it, like you say, to over 100 people in the last few hours before he leaves, it's a very, very strange situation. Um, I've got no idea if that number is large or small. I, I don't know if Obama did the same thing. I don't know what previous yeah, presidents yeah, have yeah. done. Um, but it does seem like a lot just from the, from the list that I saw. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's Trump's final thing. I, I've been amazed by how quiet it's been on the trump fronts of course he's got no communication platforms anymore he can't get his words out i was i was a little bit i was a little bit curious as to what he's thinking right now i don't know why i think i'm caught up in that trump syndrome of wanting to know what he's thinking all the time but it's very quiet and politics have become rather boring in the u.s and i think Mm. that's rather a good thing so i don't know who was in this 143 but it does seem like a crazy thing to be able to do yeah, it seems like, as I said, quite an extensive list. I mean, from some of the articles that I read, it includes a rapper and I'm sure a whole <laughs> bunch of other profiles of, I guess, people who Trump may in some form or another benefit from in the future. I mean, that's how yeah. I read into it, but maybe I am being overly pessimistic about it. Um, <laughs> but yes, we do have a new president. And like you said, it's been really quiet. We've not been hearing a whole lot. Um, Obviously, you know, a lot of work that he's got to do to get things back on track in the US. Um, And I think the fact that we kind of let him get on and do what he needs to do um, would be fantastic. What hasn't been quiet though, Chad, has been the memes. (laughs) Oh my goodness, the memes have been incredible. If you have not seen how big the Bernie Sanders (laughs) meme has got, you have clearly been living under a rock. 
because there's this amazing photo of him in the cold with his mittens, <laughs> crossed arms in the social distancing seats, looking like everybody who's gone to a party they didn't want to be at, yep. and they're sitting in the corner waiting for it to end. And that meme is now everywhere. And it makes me laugh every <laughs> single time I see it, Chad. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like everyone's getting on the bandwagon. But like you say, why the heck not? There's an Instagram filter as well that you can you can <laughs> use to, to pop it on. And I've seen some amazing stories actually on Instagram where you'll have someone... On a film set, uh, I saw from one of the big accounts that I follow, and uh, as I said, they're on the film set, and he kind of pans over to the corner, and there you have Bernie Sanders <laughs> chilling, uh, <laughs> leaning back. But like you said, there's just so many fantastic renditions of it, and uh, I mean, to take the to strip the comedy part of it away, uh, I've seen a day ago that there's been a an headline from from CNN that he's actually put this meme onto a T-shirt for mm. charity onto a sweatshirt. Um, so that is wonderful, you know, him actually taking it and uh, I, I guess putting it to a good cause, uh, which is always something we like to see. Yeah, I saw that as well. I thought it was genius, absolutely yeah. genius. Uh, I think the t-shirts are like $25 a pop or something okay. and all the money is going to a, a charity in his hometown. Amazing. So that's really cool. And I think someone asked him about the, about the photo <laughs> and, he, and his, his quote was brilliant. It was something like, I don't know what all the fuss is about. I was just trying to stay warm. It was just such a wholesome quote from our, all our favorite political grandpa. And uh, I think that the fact that oh, it's such a great meme, Chad. I've seen so many good ones. Like you say, I've seen him on the moon. I've seen him on a camel. I've seen him on all sorts of things. It really is fantastic. Um, and so it's, it's been I've been chuckling all week, I'll be honest. There's one thing we haven't done is we haven't applied the meme in any good way. Uh, so we've clearly been uh, not adapting to the times barry but uh anyway you you can't always jump onto the bandwagon can you let's talk then about i guess one of the key parts of biden's agenda at the moment which is getting the u.s back onto the green uh kind of climate accords and all of that kind of stuff and some news related to that barry is that apple's executives will now be getting bonus compensation that will be linked to esg ESG being sort of sustainability practices and that kind of thing. I thought that was fascinating because they're very clearly putting their money where their mouths are um, and actually getting that buy-in from top management. ESG for a long period of time, in the way that I've kind of seen it in corporate reports and all of that kind of stuff, triple bottom line, all of that kind of stuff. It's just been something that people have thrown in there to to look to make themselves look good, to make the company look and feel good. And a lot of the time, there's not really great like intentions behind it. Uh, and so you'll you'll often see you know money being spent on providers that can neutralize carbon footprint for a company and all sorts of crazy stuff like that but to be able to to put this kind of policy in place apple's really quite serious about this it sounds like it and i think we all know that incentives are super powerful right so these sorts of financial incentives really do drive performance they really do drive decision making as much as we like to say we have a set of values and a set of morals compass and all that sort of thing money talks and so mm. when they start to put their money where their mouth is like you say hopefully that does drive towards the change we'd like to see we chatted a couple uh, podcasts ago about how they're not going to put the power brick in the iPhones anymore yep. and that's because of some environmental thing as well and so there's a lot of this stuff coming out of Apple and I think it's a good sign hopefully this is the first of many companies who do this I think executive pay has got out of control across yeah. the world to be honest like if we look at some of the multiples that these big CEOs are earning versus like the actual workers on the ground yeah. it's getting a bit crazy and I think a lot of um, very rightly so a lot of people are, are worried about this and are angry about this because it just doesn't have the right incentive structure and so if we are able to tie that pay towards things that benefit the public good and are more kind of sustainable in general I'm all for it and so I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing exactly how it looks and exactly how it works out um, because if you think about it that's a lot of money. Apple executives yeah. are getting paid a lot. And so if you can move that needle a little bit and kind of move towards a more sustainable future, hopefully they can inspire other companies and other countries, to be honest, to do the same thing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I honestly think that the pressure on the ground from consumers, from shareholders, uh, you've got like shareholder activism and all of that kind of stuff at the moment. And I think it's going to be a massive uh, kind of change uh, going forward. So I certainly am expecting some big things 
things from the big corporates out there uh, and obviously starting with the with the fintechs because you know they are able to for a large part switch to renewable energy they're able to exclude these kind of accessories look at their whole supply chain and i guess look for renewable materials do all of those kinds of stuff so I certainly think there's going to be quite a big change, Barry. Uh, don't you? I think so. I think so. And hopefully this is a, a, a long-term plan as well. Hopefully this is kind of a, a very, very forward-thinking thing. And it's not just tied to a quarter-on-quarter -quarter performance. One of the biggest challenges with these things, Chad, is actually measuring that economic, that yeah. environmental impact. That is always a challenge. And, and that's when things get a bit murky because it's hard to exactly know what your long-term impact is. And there are a lot of companies that are hired to come in and do these sorts of impact assessments and whatnots, yep. and you hope that that is kind of above board and really is looking looking for the, the benefit of everybody. So, yeah, it's a good sign. I, I need to read a bit more about it and see exactly what, they, what they're saying. But the more that we can tie these incentives towards these greater good type things, the better we're all going to be. Yeah, definitely. I certainly think that change is coming and I think the the intentions are, are there, certainly. I don't think people are just doing this for compliance now. I think we've all realized that, yes, this climate change thing is real and it's happening. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, it's just a positive change. So glad to hear about that. Shall we move on to the next segment? Let's do it. Stuff I found interesting. Okay, I'm going to kick this one off, Barry, for us this week on something I found interesting. And how I came across this really was trying to organize a little like social thing uh, for work because obviously we're all working from home and it's really important I think to plan in some social activities and you know get some camaraderie going am amongst teams. Um, so this is how I came across this and I found it absolutely hilarious and at the same time uh, I just find it fascinating and so it's a website called cameo.com have you heard about it? Do you have any idea what it's about? Chad, this is super freaky and I haven't told you this, but I was on Cameo.com about two <laughs> hours ago for the very first time. So it's it's insane that you're bringing this up. When I saw it in the notes, I, I had a mini heart attack. But yes, I also discovered it today. So let's chat about it, Chad. What Tell are the, the audience chances? What, <laughs> what are the chances that we both find the same thing interesting within the week and oh. come across it? It within complete random terms. So crazy, what it is, man. for those of you who have never heard of Cameo.com, is essentially the ability to access celebrities. You essentially pay them to record a birthday message, to record like a congratulations, any sort of thing like that. And you'll get it. You'll get it from your favorite celebrity. Obviously, some of the amounts are crazy. Some celebrities <laughs> even allow you to do Zoom calls, Barry. So just like we got oh, the wow. goat, you can get a celebrity for 10 minutes on a Zoom call. But uh, <laughs> that list is obviously a lot more limited. Uh, and the turnaround time on these things is, is pretty quick. Uh, within a couple of days, you'll get your video back. So the most expensive celebrity, I don't know if you've checked this out, Barry, uh, at the wonderful price of £1,875 for a birthday message is I've got to I've got to have a drum roll let's just get this going <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner Caitlyn Jenner <laughs> wowzers okay so Caitlyn Jenner what you're saying Chad is that Caitlyn Jenner can wish me a happy birthday yep. for the low price of over a thousand pounds is that what you're saying that's what I'm saying and it's not even going to be a one minute <laughs> clip but it will have your name in it it will have a little bit of a birthday song in there um, and yeah, I mean, I just find it fascinating. We've got other people. We've got Akon. We've got Floyd Mayweather. We've got s some pretty big names, if I'm honest. Uh, Randy Jackson, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different mu musicians and, uh, and actors and that kind of stuff. So pretty cool. Uh, cool way to earn money from all these people. And I guess there are people out there who are very, very happy to pay this kind of money to get that personalized greeting. Even someone like Kenny G., will actually play you a little bit of sax, uh, a live oh, performance wow. for you, wow. for your birthday and for whatever else, um, which is really quite special if you think about it. That's such a cool gift idea, Chad. I think I, I've been thinking a lot about recently is 
I don't want to give people stuff anymore. I don't want to give them material yeah. items. I want to try and give them experiences. And this is a great example of that. If you can find someone that really loves a certain character or certain actress or certain, like you said, musician and get that personalized message, that can mean a lot more than, say, a, a pair of socks or some yeah. lint chocolates or something like yeah. that. And I think that we underestimate the, the the connection we have with some of these these characters. If you've been sitting watching a TV series for, for years and years, right, you've watched hundreds of episodes, you feel like you have a real connection with these people the same with podcasters the same with musicians and being able to leverage that and get access to those people on a one-on-one basis even if it's in the form of a short video that's directed at you i think it's such a cool idea and uh yeah the prices do vary i, I was on site today and i saw some a widely ranging mm-hmm. kind of price structure but some really really cool names and i think it's a very interesting business model it's yeah. like i wonder how you thought about that i wonder how you thought okay cool i'm gonna reach out to all these celebrities and convince them to take orders of these personalized videos. It's a very, very interesting business. For them, uh, it's a no-brainer. It takes them literally a minute, maybe two minutes out of their day. They do have to be quite genuine and, you know, they, they need to come across uh, like they really care about this person who they've never <laughs> met. Um, but it, it's a no-brainer for them, really. I mean, it's good on the PR front. Uh, it's great for the person who receives the, this gift. And ultimately, they are getting paid for it uh, on, you know, the celebs. So it's a no-brainer. And, uh, you know, the, the kind of founders of this business are obviously collecting a nice little bit of commission along the way. So it's kind of, of win-win-win. Of course. I think that's a really, really good model. Chad, I've got a question for you, though. If you could have one person give you a cameo, a personalized Chad Sturdy video, price was no object, you had all the resources in the world, who, who would that person be? I don't know. Honestly, at this point in time, I don't know. If you had asked me <laughs> three years ago, it probably would have been Casey Neistat because at that point mm. in time, I was, I was crazy about all of the stuff that he was creating and just really excited about him as a person. Um, whereas mm. at the moment, I don't know, Barry, and uh, it's a bit of a... A bit of a letdown of an answer. How about you? <laughs> Did you have a little look? Was there anyone up there already that you were keen on? I mean, I know the 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 lead actor in Lord of the Rings is up there, and I, I had a little think <laughs> of you when I saw it. Uh, I mean, who would you want one from? Oh, Chad, I don't know. I don't know. I think Jacob Collier came to mind yep. first of all, um, so that would be quite high up there for me. Um, but I think someone like Barack Obama would be really cool. cool. Yeah. Th- like someone very really distinguished, very kind of formal and kind of give you a really really good birthday message that would be a really cool thing i don't know what i'd do with the video though do you kind of yep. do you think you just enjoy it on your phone and just leave it there or do you think you show it to all your friends at the dinner table or how, how, what do you think that people do with these videos after they've enjoyed it the first time yeah i mean i think it would you would show it to all your friends and they'd probably think it's cool the first time and then you know 10 times later <laughs> they, they're super over it and i, I guess yeah. you'd, you'd just keep it on your phone and you'd, you'd probably actually look back on it fairly often i would actually think Every time your birthday comes around, you'd get that Facebook uh, flashback or, you know, that archive (laughs) memory popping up. So I do think it could be something pretty cool. Um, But whether it's worth the the price tag that some of these people are charging, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, But certainly, certainly a fascinating idea and uh, something I was really quite surprised by, especially with the fact that you can actually pay some of these people to join in your Zoom call, which is for me maybe even cooler. Yeah, I think so. That that one-on-one interaction is is even more valuable. And so I must look at the Zoom thing. I didn't see it when I was on there. So I must look into it and see what, what the story is there. Because, I, I mean, I'll be honest, our GOAT was a pretty big highlight <laughs> of, of this this podcast. And so let's have a look on Cameo and see what we can find. <laughs> can I tell you something that's a little bit embarrassing, Barry? When we yes. had Mitch on as our guest and I played that jingle, because mm-hmm. it's been a long time since I've last heard that jingle, I actually heard the goat, like automatic. My mind heard the goat coming in <laughs> right at the end of the jingle. You know which moment I'm talking about. Oh, yes. And I had a little chuckle inside uh, at the beginning <laughs> of that interview. Because what is that jingle without the goat at the moment? You know, oh. they, they just are one-on-one. I mean, I'm considering us even permanently modifying it to include the goat. Um, <laughs> but when our guests get bigger and bigger, they're going to be like, oh, what the hell is that? 
Chad, when, when we're sitting in 2013, we're looking back on 10 years of Across the Pond, that goat <laughs> is going to be a turning point. That's going to be the catalyst, I reckon. And that goat's going to have a, a very big piece in Across the Pond history. So I think it, it's only fair that we include it in a jingle. It's, it really is only fair because it's such a huge moment for us. <laughs> oh, Daisy, you've had more of an effect on us than you could ever have imagined. Uh, Daisy probably doesn't even know who the heck we are anymore. Something you found interesting this week, Barry. Talk me through CoffeeZilla. What is it? CoffeeZilla is a YouTuber, Chad, and I oh. fell into this dark, dark hole. <laughs> I think we've all been there. We've yeah. all been there where we yeah. were up way too late at night <laughs> watching video after video after video, yeah. going down this rabbit hole. And Chad, you're going to laugh at me again because it's another <laughs> one of these exposing financial scam things that I clearly am addicted to and I clearly need to see someone about. But CoffeeZilla is this very, very funny guy and <laughs> his whole his whole thing, his whole, his whole stick is talking to these scammers and trying to expose them for what they really are. So all of us have seen those get-rich-quick scams where they promise in four months you're going to get to a million dollars of revenue or you're going to make $2,000 a day without any work or any of that. What are you laughing at? The, the Netflix. <laughs> you got penguins on your TV. <laughs> <laughs> his thing is being able to expose these scams and kind of show people exactly what what are the telltale signs what are the red flags to look out for but he does it in such an entertaining way that it almost becomes a, a comedy show because he he will watch these guys webinars he'll pay for the price and watch the webinar take the course so that you don't have to and just expose how full of shit all of these guys are okay. and so I don't know why I fell down this hole <laughs> I, I it's one of those things that I can't quite explain um, but I think he's doing such a cool job and we, we spoke about the scam baiters a couple a couple of weeks ago yep. i think yep. and that was talking about like finding those indian tech scammers who were kind of on the phone scamming you yep. and this guy kind of focuses more on those get rich quick guys who will promise you the world but actually no one really makes any money um, and i think one of the most interesting parts of it was i watched an interview with the guy that had been in some of these scams before and he was a, like a 50 year old man he had lost a lot of money in a couple of these scams and throughout the interview, this guy realized, CoffeeZilla realized, that he was about to get into a new scam. Oh, wow. So he yeah. was on the show talking about how he'd been scammed out of all this money. But then he started talking about this new thing that he's doing. And as he started describing it, CoffeeZilla was like, hold on a minute. This sounds like yet another one. So the interview turned on its head from exposing these scammers to the actual people who can be addicted to these sorts of products and these sorts of ideas and these platforms and these kind of permit schemes to be honest and so it was so fascinating to watch this guy in real time realize that the whole 40 minutes of the interview he'd just been talking about is to, was just the foreshadowing for the fact that this guy was going into another one and you watch CoffeeZilla try to talk him out of it in the moment and the guy has a bit of a realization like oh wait and he kind of realizes he might have a problem himself yeah. because he's so deep in this world he doesn't even realize he's walking into like number four or number three or whatever it was. And so I think it was such a fascinating moment just psychologically to realize that these guys who prey on the weak and prey on the vulnerable and those who, are, who need hope and whatnot, those people are easily influenced because they want to believe it's so bad. They're so gullible yeah. and they want to believe it's so bad that it's, just, it's, it's taking candy from a baby. And so it, it was a sad moment, but also an interesting realization that it's not as it's not just because they are very good at their scam, it also is because of the people that are trying to target. Yeah, that is fascinating. And I, I suppose it's good that this YouTube uh, algorithm has fed you into this rabbit hole to at <laughs> least deliver a little bit of value at the end, Barry, which a lot of the time is not the case. Um, but you're right. I think, I think you're right. I think it does sometimes become a bit of an addictive tendency and it comes back to this human struggle journey that we keep talking about. And it's a common theme, like we said, in stories. It's this battle uh, with this kind of victory that comes at the end. And for all of these people, they've been struggling in life financially and they, they kind of believe that each one of these things is that thing that's going to unlock uh, a whole new world for them. They're going to be able to defeat the odds somehow and be able to make money out of something that the rest of the population just somehow, strangely, has not caught on to. And the truth is, if you're on something like that, the majority of the time, it is too good to be true. I mean, that just is what it is. Yes, sometimes it is possible to to beat the odds and, and come through with something that is a good idea. Uh, but if there is someone who is pushing you in that direction, I'm going to say nine times out of 
10 or maybe even more, Barry, uh, you know, you, you deemed to fail from the start. It comes down to one simple fact. It's that everything requires work. There's not a scheme out there that is going to make you money without you working. Everyone talks about passive income yep. and work from home and all of these things. It takes hard work. Everything takes hard work. And if you see a scheme that is promising you the world and saying, you don't have to work that hard. You don't, have to, you don't need any skills. You don't have to do yep. much. Run away because it, it's just there's no free lunch. There's simply no free lunch. And everything requires efforts and diligence yep. and work. But I think for me, what really stood out, Chad, and what really hit home for me was that when I was watching this guy talk about this addiction, I recognize that I have similar tendencies when it comes to self-help. Okay. So I, this, I, I often go through po points where I'll read and read and read all the self-help and I feel like I'm making progress, but we've chatted about it in the past mm. that reading is not enough, right? And so it doesn't matter how many courses you take or how many books you read, if you don't put it into practice and actually take actions towards what you're trying to accomplish, nothing's ever going to happen. Yep. And that's where a lot of this comes from, is this, this hope that there's some magic bullet, there's some kind of magic solution that if I just take this course, I can change my life and to make a financial success of myself from this, this information behind this paywall. And unfortunately, it does, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the information is. It matters what actions you take and what habits you get into and what decisions you make. And so that's why it, it hit me so hard, Chad, because it, yep. it, it does hit ho close to home and I can recognize that in myself. And it's something we all have to worry about and think about on a regular basis. Definitely, definitely. And uh, yeah, I mean, the temptation of this easy win that's going to propel you out of your current situation and straight, you know, up a whole bunch of social levels up into a, a new kind of reality. It just it just is not reality, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, we just got to kind of ultimately accept that truth and uh, just try to make smart decisions, try to, you know, keep our wits about us, look at pros and cons of any kind of investment decision, any kind of decision that that's going to even take your time or more importantly, losing and ostracizing your friend group because I've seen that yes. happen so many times. Um, so yeah, that is crucial. And uh, yeah, thanks for bringing it to our attention. Coffeezilla, we'll have to check out some of his stuff. Shall we move on then, Barry? Let's look ahead. Looking ahead. So we, we've spoken about a few little tech things uh, in, you know, cameo.com coffeezilla a whole bunch of tech things and while we look ahead i want to talk about the space of social media we've spoken about what's happening with facebook you know are they on their last legs ultimately tiktok has taken over the world in the last year uh, and you know other channels are pivoting in ways we've never thought they would ever do but we've seen a new kind of social network be released and i only really kind of saw it coming along in the last couple of weeks barry it seems to be very new um, that is one called Clubhouse, and it seems to be, at this point in time, very exclusive. Uh, ultimately, they're working on a kind of only invite-only approach, and each person who gets invited can only invite one person in turn. So you obviously have to be quite privileged at this point in time to, to have <laughs> an account, you know, to be able to actually access it. But for those who are on the platform at the moment, I've heard they've had this amazing level of access to celebrities and public personalities and all kinds of stuff just because of how limited it is at, the, at this moment in time. Now, that's obviously not going to be the case forever. So I'm very keen to get your thoughts on where this platform is going in the future what you think about it what you've heard about it i mean from what i've heard barry it's essentially a kind of audio chat platform now there's many of those out there there's uh, one called discord which i've not actually spoken about i think that's more private kind of groups i don't know how this works if, if anyone can kind of just butt into a conversation it seems like a podcast type scenario but where the listeners can actually also interact as well uh what do you know about it yeah, Chad, I've actually done a lot of thought about this because it really has been blowing up over the last couple of weeks and I'm glad you brought it up because it is one of the hottest social media platforms right now and, and like you say, it is limited for, for the moment. As far as I understand, the idea goes like this. You basically got a live podcast scenario. So cool. you might have a couple of people who are in a conversation and they are sharing their audio live on Clubhouse. So they'll say, cool, to so their followers, they say, cool, we're going to sit at 2 p.m. and we're going to chat to X, Y, and Z. And then they have that conversation. And if you have the app and you want to tune in for that conversation, you can become part of the audience, which means you can listen in on the conversation that they're having. Right. That they're having. And then those hosts have the ability to bring audience members into the conversation right. if they're so if they're so pleased. So a lot of people have been doing Q&As or they've been doing 
giving people a chance to interact with these big these big people. And the whole idea is that once that conversation ends, it disappears forever. Right. It's not recorded. It's not on a profile. It's not nothing. So it's very much a live experience. If you're not there, you miss out. And so it's combining the, the, the podcasting type narrative that's been so popular over the last couple of years is listening to fascinating conversations between people about important things and then combining the live event kind of aspect of it as well to make it a really special experience. And I haven't heard any of these, any of these conversations because I can't get into the <laughs> app, but I've, I've heard about them, Chad, and Twitter has been going absolutely crazy about them. So I have a huge case of the FOMO. Yep. I'm dying to get my, myself a link. Um, and I think it's going to be very, very popular popular going forward. I think audio is very underrated. We found that in our podcasting journey yep. so far and I think audio has got a long way to go and this is a very interesting use case about not putting any pressure on recording it or editing it or any of that stuff. Yep. Once it's done, it's done. And to be able to listen to conversations between people that you you follow and you really respect is something really special yeah. and so yeah those are my thoughts chad i think they're going to do very very well going forward i think that they need to open it up quickly because it does feel like an, a boys club at the moment it started in silicon valley and it's been very very heavily focused on tech and very much focused on venture capital and that sort of thing and i think that once they start to open it up you're going to see a whole bunch of new stuff happening on that platform Fascinating. I'm, I'm certainly keen to see how, how it moves on uh, into uh, the rest of the wider public. I mean, it almost feels like, Barry, we, we've gone from the days of having a radio station where things are live <laughs> to better technology where you can kind of, you know, live stream stuff, uh, be able to have the convenience of watching things on demand afterwards. And now we've kind of gone back. We've realized, well, actually, there's, there was something to that radio thing. There was something to that. There's something to these live uh, conversations. Obviously, um, at this moment in time, it seems like there's no advertising involved. I don't know if that's going to change at some point in time. But you're so right. This audio genre uh, has something that I guess has affected so many people, being able to tune into podcasts, have so many interesting guests, all that kind of stuff. But what, when you look at the other part of the strategy, which is the live element, I've been fascinated by the evolution of live streaming. And not just on the, on the gaming front, but I myself spent four four and a half hours watching a guy on friday evening barry and essentially you know for me to spend that much time watching one person uh I, there's no way i would have watched a recorded version of that there's no way at all but there's something about watching someone live and being able to interact with the person especially when it's someone you you look up to or respect so in this case it was a, a wedding photographer uh, who was actually editing our photos so you could submit your own photos to him oh, cool. and get a bit of critique on it he would edit it in in real time um and also you can't, you're kind of just hanging out it's, it's this weird thing you're kind of hanging out with the guy um so you know you're not fully focused on what it is that he's doing but you've got something else up in the background and it, it's it's kind of nice so I, I definitely think this live streaming element is a core part of the strategy i've spoken to you as well about us potentially moving this podcast onto a live platform to kind of remove all of that editing nightmare and the software these days is getting there but for us we would obviously still have a recorded version that would be released um, but yeah it's fascinating uh, new platform and I'm, I'm certainly also have tons of FOMO uh, but keen to see it when eventually we can <laughs> when eventually we get let through the, the hallowed <laughs> gates Chad we'll have to see what what goes on there I think one of the big risks though that I see for Clubhouse is that this feels like a Twitter feature Cool. This feels like something Twitter could turn on in, in a very short space of time and kind of dominate that market. Twitter have tried in the past, they've tried these little audio voice notes, Chad. I don't know if, you, if, if, you, if you've seen them or not, no. but basically they're audio audio tweets and it hasn't really taken off. No one's really been using them. Okay. But this feels like something that could be really good on Twitter. And Twitter has been talking a lot about Clubhouse in the last little bit. And so I would imagine that they are keeping a keen eye on this and to see if they can maybe copy that. And who knows about Facebook as well. I think that there's so many opportunities for this, this sort of audio first streaming like you say and we, we've watched people get sucked into those gaming streams that happen for seven hours yep. at a time right and that community that builds and you get to know the people who are in the room with you and that's the whole idea of Clubhouse is you literally are standing in the clubhouse listening to this conversation and there are so many cool pieces of that uh, without any of the pressure of the recording or yep. the editing yep. so yeah I think, sure. it's, I think it's a fascinating concept I'm looking forward to seeing what comes of it and if you have a link out there, I'm your best friend. Send it my way. Please. And me. And me, of course. <laughs> or I suppose, you know, whether... Let's do this, Barry. When one of us does get on, yeah. 
we'll strike a deal that uh, we'll invite the other person. How's that? <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. I just Chad. forced. I just forced Barry's hand there with a with a little you bit see, of an incentive. See, Chad likes to do his negotiations on on the podcast so that I can't say no. You see how it goes, lads. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is all we have to speak about from looking ahead. Let's move on to our last segment. Develop and grow. We have one more piece of the podcast, Chad, and it's obviously our favorite segment, Develop and Grow. And I wanted to chat about something that's been on my mind over the last few days. I am in the process of building this business that I'm slowly starting to tell people about. And a lot of it is based on, well, started at least, on a freelancing model where you do some consulting or some freelancing on a project-by-project basis for a client. And you charge them either by the hour or by the project and kind of do on a more gig work basis rather than a traditional salary job. And it's been such an interesting experience to think about what are the ramifications of this business model and what does it mean for my own personal life? Because at the moment, I say I'm running a business. It's just me, Chad. I am the business. I am wearing all the hats. I'm doing everything in, in the kitchen sink. And so it's been a fascinating journey so far. One of the biggest things that's come out of it is when you start to put a dollar amount or a rand amount on your time, it's amazing how you start to think about your time as a resource that really needs to be valued, yep. right? So when you only have eight to 10 hours in your day to do work and you're charging that out to various clients for certain prices, all of a sudden you're much more cognizant of how important every minute of the day is yep. in a way that I just wasn't that, that cognizant when I was in a salary job because in that sense, your salary is guaranteed, the money's gonna come in whether you like it or not, and you can kind of get carried away with things and not value your time as much as you maybe want to. So it's a very interesting experiment, Chad, to, to watch myself timing each every single piece of work that I'm doing yeah. and looking at the amount of revenue I'm making versus the time I spent on it versus the kind of the time of life that I, that I lost because I gave up that hour, for example. Yeah. And it's a good reminder for all of us. I think we all need to realize the value of our time in that way. And I just don't know how to get that across to people who aren't in a, a strict hour by hour billing cycle. Yeah, it's a fascinating phenomenon. And, you know, for those who are freelancing, it's it's a great it's a great thing. It gives you a whole bunch of flexibility, like you say, and uh, you're able to to plan your time and, and truly value it. And the the biggest risk, I think, Barry, and the biggest thing that I think I would caution you against is putting a value on your personal time. I think you need to somehow ring fence a certain number of hours to be business time during the day but still allow yourself to guilt-free enjoy time that you would have ordinarily spent doing things you love and I think it's really hard as a freelancer when you when you are thinking well okay sitting on the couch for half an hour watching whatever it is I'm going to watch is half an hour that I could be spent billing Uh, but ultimately there is a limit to what you can do in the day and you need to make sure that you're giving quite a lot back to yourself as well. You've hit the nail on the head and the exact thing I'm struggling with at the moment is that I don't have working hours. And so theoretically, every single hour could be an hour that I'm using to to create revenue. But like you say, the quality of your work goes down and your morale and your mental health and your physical health and all of the stuff suffers as a result of that. And so I do need to work on getting more structure into my days. It's even harder in lockdown where there isn't much else to do right you don't have excuses to go out and be social and do that sort of stuff and so i think for all freelancers like you said i think it's a very good point i need to be more strict with myself as to when does work end when do i close that laptop and then enjoy the rest of my evening for example but it's hard. It's hard yeah, when you're yeah. building this business and you're trying to make things happen and you're desperately trying to find clients and you want to please everybody. I've learned a lot about pleasing clients, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Going above and beyond to please a client that doesn't appreciate the extra work that you put in, you realize, oh, wait, I shouldn't have even done that in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a learning experience for me, for, for certain. And I think that tying your time to money is important for some respects because it reminds you of how finite it is and how little time you actually have in your day and in your life. But at the same time, the thing's way more important than money. So being able to squeeze out that those few extra dollars on this hour outside of working hours versus that, like you say, that that freedom of being able to relax and see people that you like and kind of eat dinner and that sort of thing, it's important to find that balance. Nonetheless, I think it is a valuable exercise to think about the hourly cost of your time and really think about how are you spending that in a more productive way. Uh, a lot of people that I, I follow in the personal finance space will talk about, cool, if my time is worth $100 an hour, 
then if there's something that I can do to buy back that time, if I can kind of outsource my yeah. my meals or my driving or, or something like that for a lower cost, then I'm actually coming out on top because yeah. I'm truly valuing that time. And that's kind of what I'm trying to get at is that that, that mindset is super valuable for reminding us that we're all going to die and our time is running out yeah. and we need to make the most of it. We really should not be wasting time. It's the most important resource. But also on the other side of the coin, you can't do that to the letter where you're timing every single moment mm -hmm. of your day and you're not allowing yourself the, the humanity that comes from just being a human being and not worrying about that. So both sides of the coin are important and I just thought I'd bring that up because I've been thinking about it a lot recently. Yeah, it's crucial. And I bet as time goes on, Barry, you're going to learn how to walk that very fine rope um, and, you know, figure out how to strike that that right balance. But I mean, I think the fact alone that you're aware of this uh, delicate balance between uh, enjoying your time and, you know, milking as much as you can out of it uh, <laughs> from a productive point of view is, is, is a good starting point. I think you know, awareness is, is a really, really good start uh, whenever it comes to any of these kinds of things. So as long as you are, as I said, safeguarding that very important sleep time, um, exercise time, all of those very core things that make us keep going uh, as human beings, that's, you know, really key. Uh, as soon as it starts to eat into some other time, like relaxing or, you know, singing and doing all of those kinds of things, uh, that's where I guess you'll figure it out as, as time goes on. But, but certainly a fascinating insight. Thanks for sharing it with us. I'm sure a lot of people, uh, you know, took a lot away from that. So that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Across the Pond, another jam-packed one. To be completely honest and transparent with all of the very listeners that we've got here, this episode was the least prepared we were for any episode of Across <laughs> the Pond. Uh, we had less than one page of notes. But in all honesty, this is where we've kind of been wanting to go, Barry, into more organic, flowing, uh, just normal conversation. And this is a good way of actually forcing us to do that. I think so. I, I'm very curious to see how this how this pans out. I feel like I rambled a lot, <laughs> but often we think that and when we listen to it back, it actually comes out quite nicely. Yeah. And so we are looking for a more conversational tone. So I'm cautiously optimistic, Chad, that we've accomplished that. We'll only be able to find that out when we see the final version. And of course, if you're listening to this right now, this is the final version. So you'll have some thoughts, I'm sure. So please share those with us. We'd love to hear what you think. What kind of direction do you want this podcast to go in? We are thinking strategically about yeah. where we want to go with it and so we'd love to hear your thoughts and your inputs because of course you guys rock if you're listening this far and this late into the episode you are our core audience and we really appreciate you so please reach out on any of the social medias the facebooks the twitters the instagrams all of it reach out to us and we'd love to hear your thoughts thanks so much and we'll see you next week oh, across the pond.